0: Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is actually going to be lesson number 51 of the Come Follow Me lesson uh, for the week of December 13th through the 19th, and this is on the family, a proclamation to the world. Uh, The family, this is out of the manual, so I'm just going to read through the manual and, and then some scriptures that are related to it. The family is central to the Creator's plan. The family, a proclamation to the world, is clearly about families, but it is equally about God's plan of salvation. One way to study the proclamation is to look for what it teaches about our pre-mortal, mortal, mortal, and post-mortal life. What do you learn when you study the proclamation this way? How does this help you understand why marriage and family are essential to God's plan? Also, it suggests that you see Dallin H. Oaks' uh, talk entitled The Plan and the Proclamation in the November 2017 uh, Ensign. Happiness in family life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of paragraphs 6 and 7 of the family proclamation as a pattern for happiness in family life. As you read these paragraphs, identify principles of success, marriages, and families. Then think about a family relationship you would like to strengthen. What do you feel inspired to do? How will you involve the Savior in your efforts? And here are uh, paragraphs 6 and 7 from the proclamation to help in your study chapter or paragraph six husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and care for each each other and for their children children are an heritage of the lord parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness to provide for their physical and spiritual needs and to teach them to love and serve one another observe the commandments of god and be law-abiding citizens whenever they wherever they live husbands and wives mothers and fathers will be held accountable before god for the discharge of these obligations Paragraph 7, the family is ordained of God. Marriage between man and woman is essential to his eternal plan. Children are, in, are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. Happiness in family life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Successful marriages and families are established and maintained on principles of faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion, work, and wholesome recreational activities. By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. In these sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners. Disability, death, and other circumstances may necessitate individual adaptation. Extended families should lend support when needed. Also, it suggests to see um, Richard J. Main's talk, Establishing a Christ-Centered Home, and also um, What Matters Most, a video uh, of the church. I will be held accountable before God for the way I treat my family. The family proclamation includes marvelous blessings that heavenly Father promises for those who follow his counsel. It also includes strong warnings for those who do not. Consider making a list of the blessings and warnings you find. How are you acting on God's counsel in the proclamation? If you stood before God today, what would be your would you would you be confident discussing with him <clears throat> about your family relationships? What would be what would you need to improve? Uh, see also Alma 515 to 22 and Doctrine and Covenants 42 and section 93. I'm going to read those scriptures here. Alma 5, 15-22 reads, Do ye exercise faith in the redemption of him who created you? Do you look forward with an eye of faith, and view this mortal body raised in immortality, and this corruption raised in incorruption, to stand before God, to be judged according to the deeds which have been done in the mortal body? I say unto you, Can you imagine to yourselves that that ye hear the voice of the Lord saying unto you in that day, Come unto me, ye blessed, for behold, your works have been the works of righteousness upon the face of the earth? Or do ye imagine to yourselves... That ye can lie unto the Lord in that day and say, Lord, our works have been righteous works upon the face of the earth, and that he will save you? Or otherwise, can ye imagine yourselves brought before the tribunal of God with your souls filled with guilt and remorse, having a remembrance of all your guilt, yea, a perfect remembrance of all your wickedness, yea, a remembrance that ye have set at defiance the commandments of God?" I say unto you, Can ye look up to God at that day with a pure heart and clean hands? I say unto you, Can ye look up, having the image of God engraven upon your countenances? I say unto you, Can ye think of being saved when ye have yielded yourselves to become subjects to the devil? I say unto you, Ye will know at that day that ye cannot be saved, for there can be no man saved except his garments are washed white. Yea, his garments must be purified until they are cleansed from all stain." through the blood of him of whom it has been spoken by our fathers, who should come to redeem his people from their sins. And now I ask of you, my brethren, how will any of you feel if ye shall stand before the bar of God, having your garments stained with blood and all manner of filthiness? Behold, what will these things testify against you? Section 42, verses 22 to 25 read, Thou shalt love thy wife with all thy heart, and and shalt cleave unto her, and none else. And he that looketh upon a woman to lust after her shall deny the faith, and shall not have the spirit, and if he repents not, he shall be cast out. Thou shalt not commit adultery, and he that committeth adultery, and repenteth not, shall be cast out. But he that has committed adultery, and repents with all his heart, and forsaketh it, and doeth it no more, thou shalt forgive." and then doctrine and covenant section 93 39 to 44 and that wicked one cometh and taketh away light and truth through disobedience from the children of men and because of the traditions of their fathers but i have commanded you to bring up your children in light and truth but verily i say unto you my servant frederick g williams you have continued under this condemnation you have not taught your children light and truth according to the commandments and that wicked one hath power as yet over you and this is the cause of your affliction and now a commandment I give unto you if, you, if you will be delivered, you shall set in order your own house, for there are many things that are not right in your house. Verily I say unto you, my servant Sidney Rigdon, that in some things he hath not kept the commandments concerning his children. Therefore, first set in order thy house. Now, even though these are mentioning uh, Frederick G. Williams and Sidney Rigdon, we can probably put our own names in, the, in those verses, can't we, and, and be uh, admonished to do better. Can I receive the promised blessings if my family situation is less than ideal? Elder D. Todd Christofferson taught, To declare the fundamental truths relative to marriage and family is not to overlook or diminish the sacrifices and successes of those for whom the ideal is not a present reality. Everyone has gifts. Everyone has talents. Everyone can contribute to the unfolding of the divine plan in each generation. Much... That is good, much that is essential, even sometimes all that is necessary for now can be achieved in less than ideal circumstances. With confidence we testify that the atonement of Jesus Christ has anticipated and in the end will compensate all deprivation and loss for those who turn to him. No one is predestined to receive less than all that the Father has for his children. And that was out of the uh, talk, Why Marriage, Why Family, in the Ensign of May 2015. And so... The proclamation, I'll just read through the proclamation, even though I've read a couple of the paragraphs already. The family, a proclamation to the world. The first presidency and council of the 12 apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We, the first presidency and the council of the 12 apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, solemnly proclaim that marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God and that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of His children. All human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God, Each is a beloved spirit son or daughter of heavenly parents, and as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual premortal mortal and eternal identity and purpose. In the premortal realm, spirit sons and daughters knew and worshipped God as their eternal father, and accepted his plan by which his children could obtain a physical body and gain earthly experience to progress toward perfection, and ultimately realize their divine destiny as heirs of eternal life. The divine plan of happiness enables family relationships to be perpetuated beyond the grave. Sacred ordinances and covenants available in holy temples make it possible for individuals to return to the presence of God and for families to be united eternally. The first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve pertained to their potential for parenthood as husband and wife. We declare that God's commandment for his children to multiply and replenish the earth remains in force. We further declare that God has commanded that the sacred powers of procreation are to be employed only between man and woman, lawfully wedded as husband and wife. We declare the means by which mortal life is created to be divinely appointed. We affirm the sanctity of life and of its importance in God's eternal plan. Husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and care for each other and for their children. Children are an heritage of the Lord. Parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, and to teach them to love and serve one another, observe the commandments of God, and be law-abiding citizens wherever they live. Husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, will be held accountable before God for the discharge of these obligations. The family is ordained of God. Marriage between man and woman is essential to His eternal plan. Children are, are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. Happiness in family life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Successful marriages and families are are established and maintained on principles of faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion, work, and wholesome recreational activities. By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. and these sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners. Disability, death, or other circumstances may necessitate individual adaptation. Extended families should lend support when needed. We warn that individuals who violate covenants of chastity, who abuse spouse or offspring, or who fail to fulfill family responsibilities will one day stand accountable before God. Further, we warn that the disintegration of the family will bring upon individuals, communities, and nations the calamities foretold by ancient and modern prophets we call upon responsible citizens and officers of government everywhere to promote those measures designed to maintain and strengthen the family as the fundamental unit of society this proclamation was read by president gordon b hinckley as part of his message at the general relief society meeting held september 23 1995 in salt lake city utah i bear testimony that these principles are true and that as we adhere to the uh, the, to the proclamation about the family and uh, do the best we can to uh, make sure our families are are safe and secure, and that they can return eternally with Heavenly Father, and uh, that that's our mission. I bear testimony of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you next time. Bye.